can can you record that one more time for me? It's showtime. <laughs> it's showtime. <laughs> That's actually a really famous phrase for people who play Smash Brothers. Oh really? Yeah, it's uh it's from Super Smash Brothers Brawl. And my the character I played in Super Smash Brothers Brawl his his name is Snake. Oh. And he would he would famously say it's showtime. Oh really? Yeah. But my brother always played played Captain Falcon. Because of his hype. Well yeah, that too. <laughs> but then um that's the nickname all of his college friends gave my dad because Nigel just said he was like in the military and so they're like, Oh, so he's Captain Falcon? Oh, I see. Dudes. Yeah, we do be doing things like that. <laughs> um Welcome to the No Happiness Podcast where the No Happiness is just happy fundings, a podcast where we ask three levels of questions. And today we're not doing that because I leave that business to Eddie because I'm out of people that I know that can go on the podcast at the current moment. I should probably sit down and think about it. But going back to our fan requests, um, one of them was to have a podcast by Avatar The Last Airbender. And one of them was to have Nikki on the podcast again. We had Nikki on the podcast, but we'll have her on again. And basically, I'm going to read some Avatar The Last Airbender hot takes. And we're going to respond to them and see how we feel about them. Sound good? Yeah. Okay. Um, let's 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 look at this. Okay, let's uh, uh let's start with the BuzzFeed group of stuff because I tried to filter and try and get them from different places. But this one says, Iroh is an ex-war general. He's done horrible things and does not deserve all the love that he gets." Is it is that a hot take? That is that is the hot take. I don't agree with it. I also do not agree with this hot take. Yeah. I think I think everybody kind of recognizes that Iro has done horrible things and that something horrible happened to him that made him the person that we all came to love. Nobody loves Iroh, the war general that was fucking destroying everything. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And like within it like doesn't keep it a secret that he has done like terrible things as like a general in the Fire Nation. Mm -hmm. The fact that he takes like a keen interest in his nephew and like really takes care of him when no one else wanted to step up like kind of shows his change in character a lot. Yep, yep. And I mean, again, the lost his son. Very horrible. <laughs> Aang should have impregnated as many women as possible to repopulate the air nomads. <laughs> no, I disagree. That is the, the hot take is that he should have, and you're disagreeing with this. Oh, yeah. Well, like, I mean, that was... Well, it's unfortunate the air nomads don't exist anymore, but it's not something he, I guess, like... Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, probably in, like, the science take of the world, but, like, in the social construct of the world, probably not. It's also probably not a good look for the Avatar to be doing stuff like that. Yeah. I think the other way to go about it, too, is that, um, I guess it's unfair, because you could say that he put those expectations on Tenzin by having a son, and then Tenzin then had three kids? Four kids. Four kids? The baby. Yeah, so... Tenzin had four kids, and then, I mean, assuming some of them are male slash female, it, it would have worked out eventually, right? Because, I mean, I guess they all have to be technically related to Aang in some way. Because I was about to the, say. Because that's how the tree would work. But at the same time, it more or less works out, assuming nothing went bad with the kid that he decided to have, right? Yeah, I think there's also, like, a stipulation with this that, like, the probability of a couple having an heir nomad... Mm -hmm. um is only 50 percent if the other person's a bender because it can all they can be like human or 33 percent if like an example of ang katara katara was a waterbender and ang was 
an air like you know avatar. the airbender and then they had yeah. three kids one waterbender one non-bender one airbender right one that became an airbender later right yeah yeah so like all of them the probability is just so low that like honestly all the air nomads their generations would be related mm-hmm. so i don't know if that's a good look too <laughs> i think the other part of it too is just we don't actually know for certain how the genetics works in the avatar verse because right. it's never explicitly explained because technically i mean what is the possibility that it could be a recessive trait right so right you know uh ang's daughter kaya is a waterbender but what if she has a child with somebody that's not water or, or a non-bender and then recessive traits work out and then she gives birth to an airbender. we don't actually know if that's the case exactly or not. I, th- that was my other thing too like he could possibly there could also possibly be like air nomads like born through time you just got to give it time to repopulate this is just trying to speed up something that would probably happen over the natural course of time hopefully assuming well i guess it's debatable that they were monks so they might decide to be celibate but probably not in this case anyways uh the next one is zuko and katara belong together is a very popular hot take that Zutara should have been the final ship for Airbender. Yeah, I'm I'm 100% on this ship. You're you're on this ship. I've been on this ship for years. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you care to talk about why you're on this ship? I just think they're really like, I don't know. I think they're So, I have a hot take that Katara is definitely not my favorite character. I think she whines a lot. So like, mm-hmm. and then Zuko has a moment where he also whines a lot. So not I both mean, for the, most of a lot of the first season, he probably yeah. right, right, right. And so like, you know, the whining, you know, I was like, ah, oh, similar characteristics. But like, I don't know, like the the art style indicated more of like Zuko and Katara, in my opinion, being together. It was all the whole like forbidden love romance thing. The fire and water situation. Yeah. Um, that I really liked, but I did like, I think her name is, oh, help me, May. May. Yeah. I did like May as a partner. Like, don't get me wrong. I think he was partnered really well, mm-hmm. but like, for me, I enjoyed like the fact that they were opposites and they had like a couple moments throughout the series, like where it would just be like, oh. They had more than a couple moments. Yeah. <laughs> She was the first one to believe in him. They fought more than one time on more than one occasion. Yeah. So at the end of season one, they fight. In season two, I think they also fight, if I recall correctly, at some point towards the end when they're... And then at the end of season two is also the case when um, Zuko has a chance to basically join join the gang, but he doesn't. Right. And that was such a heart-wrenching moment for a lot of people, but also just very important. Um, Yeah, I... (laughs) I don't agree or disagree with this one, to be honest. I, I could see it going either way. I've never felt I've never really felt strongly about Zutara or Katang, if whichever ship you prefer. I've heard both are yeah. Um, because to me, you know, Aang is our main protagonist, right? And it's not uncommon in a lot of narratives were for the main protagonist for whoever they first meet, girl or female. Like even if the, even if in the case of um cora for example she's our main protagonist and the first person that she meets that's a part of her crew of people is mako or or no bolin but bolin is she meets bolin bolin is interested in her she's not interested in bolin she then meets mako she gets interested in mako my whole point is that it's not uncommon for the main protagonist when they meet their team 
quote unquote, or the people that are going to be important in the series in any book, show, or movie, that they at least get a romance hinted at. Right. So Katara and Aang, despite the fact that their ages are the the age thing is the thing that people make the most argument about. But to be completely honest, I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm just saying in this in this time frame based on what like because the time frame that Avatar is based on, or at least it, I would say implied upon, is a time frame when a lot of people were falling in love at that age, probably because they were living until like forty. I agree. I agree. Um, I think the thing that the visual for me is that I think I was going to bring up this point too. Aang and Katara just look so separated in age. And mm. Katara and Zuko art style wise do not look as separated in age. Yeah, they are more similar in age. Yeah. Um, we should probably take, do another hot take too. We should do another. You should. Oh, we should just move on? Okay. Yeah. You're just tired of that one? <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, hot take is Aang could be a problematic protagonist like when he kissed Katara even though she was clearly not interested. Um, I don't remember this, actually. I do remember this because this is... Is this the turtle caves? No, no, no. This is basically... Aang is frustrated because I think he brings it up in, I want to say, season two. And Katara says, we'll talk about it later or something like that. And then it's Ember Island Players. And in the Ember Island Players episode is a very famous episode where a lot of people say it's a filler episode, which debatably it is, but probably arguably the best filler episode I've ever seen in any show. Really? I, I think there's a... I mean, if that's a hot take, I would love to hear the no, argument. No, no, no. I'm just... I'm fascinated. Continue. But yeah, Ember Island Players is the episode where they have the the play version of the Avatar's adventure happening. And it's a very funny episode, but there's some story that develops... And Aang asked Katara if she meant all those things that she said on stage. And Katara says, I didn't say any of those things. They're just making things up. Um, and then he kind of just decides to kiss her. Is that behavior problematic? Yes. Debatably, yes. And honestly, yes. Not really debatable. But I will say that being kids as they are, this is kind of just like stupid shit. And I'm not saying it's right, but... He's basically going to learn the lesson the hard way that he did the wrong thing. I think what would be more problematic is if he forced himself and then turned violent, which he did not. Because once he found out that he had wronged Katara, he felt deeply remorseful. It was pretty clear. Yeah. So problematic behavior, yes, but learned fairly quickly that it was problematic. Correct. I feel like uh, that's not going <laughs> to... I feel the, That feels as if it's going to reflect poorly on me. And again, I'm not supporting the fact that he thrust himself upon her with this kiss. But I'm just saying, at that age, considering all that's going on, I can see how he made this mistake. Okay. Uh, Aang and Zuko would have been an amazing couple is our next hot take. Like romantic couple? Yeah, I believe the intention, uh, the implication is nah, romantic. We're, nah. We're nah. not entertaining this? Nah. I think they could have been a good couple. I don't think they ever really hinted at gay romance in Airbender as much as they did in Korra. And people yeah. people will argue they didn't really hint at it in Korra. I disagree personally. They but. literally, it wasn't like a hint. It was like plastered. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Th- they would say that there's not hints until it just throws yourself throws itself in the face at the end of the last book. Which I kind of disagree with, but that's different. Time for a sponsorship? We have those? 
Hey everyone, I know I constantly joke about how small this podcast is, but I do want to give a shout out to our sponsor today, Yexin. Yexin has highly reliable traits that allow you to depend on him as a friend. When hanging out, you can depend on Yexin for one-line zingers. He's everything you need in a friend and a single human. And best of all, he's getting married. And I couldn't be happier for one of the best homies a person could ask for. Normally, this is where I would say download the something app. But honestly, this is just a shout out for Yexin. Um... Yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't disagree. They probably would have been a good couple, but I never got anything. I never yeah. saw anything narrative-wise that actually set this up to be. Yeah. Uh, okay. Hot take. Isuki is the most underrated character of the show. I don't think this is really a hot take. I don't either. I agree with that. Suki is one of the most underrated characters. She had a lot of room for development, and nobody took advantage of it. Hmm. Uh, May is a disappointing choice for Zuko. His character is all about emotional growth, so pairing him with such a flat character is a disservice. I agree, but May has a lot of depth that... Just because she's closed off doesn't mean that she doesn't have depth. Yeah. Like, we meet May as, like, one of his sister's friends. Entourage. Yeah, Yeah, his entourage. And, like, honestly, she entered the scene not having a lot of detail except the fact that she was in like the entourage and then as we got to know may we noticed that she does have a lot of depth she just presents herself that way to protect herself so i think it's like i do actually enjoy may as a good choice for zuko i just you know have my preferences that i wish she was with katara but <laughs> I think that, like, I don't agree with this. I think that she does have a lot of emotional depth and growth and understanding because she says it a couple times. Like, she has emotional conflicts with what's doing morally right and what she wants to do emotionally. And then she mm-hmm. has enough depth to, like, understand how Zuko felt with his mom and, like, all of that understanding of feeling. So I do not agree with this statement. I don't agree with this hot take. Yeah, I would also disagree with this hot take. I think... Um, I think because some of the side characters get such huge moments on the show or not just huge moments but huge character development debating on whether or not you would consider certain characters side characters or not but the point is is that because some side characters do get that development not every side character is going to get that level of development or the happiness that people are looking for and I think a lot of this one has to do with the fact that people do like Zuko and Katara better than they like Zuko and Mei but May does have an important moment where she says, I, I I, love Zuko more than I am afraid of you to Azula. And I think that's a pretty important moment to show that she really does care because Azula is fucking terrifying at that oh, time. Of course. Yeah. And then on top of that, she's becoming more and more unhinged at that moment. And on top of that, she's there's been plenty of examples of people being terrified of Azula and doing exactly what they want. So yeah. maybe it's not a huge development moment per se, but it is a huge moment of bravery to show how much he cares about Zuko. Yeah. Um, okay. The Fire Nation's reasoning for the war was justified. Sozin saw the oppression in Ba Sing Se and the sexism in the Northern Water Tribe. He was just trying to spread the Fire Nation's exceptionalism to the world. You know, actually, (laughs) this came up in... Oh, no, I don't agree with this. Let me just start with that. I feel like I built that up like I was... I agree with this. Um, I was actually scrolling through my reels a couple days ago and Avatar showed up and like, you know Mm -hmm. me, I love some Avatar. So I was like, oh, let me sit and watch this. And it was like actually like 
for as oppressive as the Fire Nation was, it's the only army in Avatar that actually has females in it. Oh. Is that true? Yeah. I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm thinking about it. it I mean, it sounds true because obviously off the top of my head, the airbenders are extinct except for Aang. Correct. And then, yeah, I guess you'd never see them in the Earth Kingdom. You don't really see them in the Water Tribe. And you never see them in the Water Tribe. Yeah, because when Katara's tried to learn. Oh, because, yeah. When, oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, I mean... Hey, I, yo? Yeah. <laughs> is this hot take a good one? Yeah. Maybe no, I don't I don't know about all of the hot take, but I do know that um I felt like I needed to point that out. That like the Fire Nation has female generals, they had female people in their army, they were like in the infantry unit, they were like sailors, like Zuko was on ship with women and men. So Azula was also a top advisor. Exactly. So yeah. there was like a definite equalism but i don't know about sozin probably i don't know how much of the oppression he saw in bossing say but i do agree that there was oppression in bossing <laughs> say and then the sexism in the water tribe we just saw it in the small snippet of katara but i don't know how much was really it was largely implied though yeah it was largely implied that women were the gatherers slash home caretakers and men were the hunters in the water tribe. He might have. I don't know. This is this is one that I would have to definitely chew on a little bit. But yeah. I am. I do see. Is there really no women ever in the Earth Nation or the Earth Kingdom's army at all? I wonder, honestly. That's I, something I would like to go look through. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously there's the Kyoshi warriors, right? Right. But they're non-benders and not associated with Bossing Se, but as like, far as I know. The fact that. They're just an Earth Kingdom island. Right. The fact that they had to like be like we're the all women unit mm. just makes me insinuate. I feel like I can definitely picture a woman in Earth Nation uniform, like army uniform. That's not a Kyoshi warrior. That's not a Kyoshi warrior. But like all I can think of is like the girl that was like, oh my gosh. She like kept on saying like, there is no like. Oh yeah. There is no war in Bossing Sage. Yeah. That, that's all I can really think <laughs> of. So like, oh, I don't, oh I don't know. Um, also, like, this is boomy. The kind, this <laughs> like, is the kind of hot take that Eddie would agree with. I feel like <laughs> we were on this podcast. <laughs> like, boomy, I don't remember him having any advisors that were female. All of them were male. He doesn't have any advisors, does he? He has, boomy? like, he, he, in the flashback, he has a couple. Oh, in the flashback. I yeah. mean, that one is kind of harder to go about. Because he's also not the king of the Earth Kingdom. He's the king of his... His, like, his village. Yeah, his village or whatever. Yeah. Okay, next okay. one. <laughs> Toph is a giant butthead. She's rude and uncooperative, and she doesn't appreciate Katara enough. No, I don't agree with this at all. This is not even like a conversation. I don't agree with this one, and generally speaking, it is because... Okay, here's the thing. Okay. We've talked about this before, and more. because as we've gotten older, when we watch movies, we think kids are such dumbasses in all of these yeah. movies. We get so annoyed with the kids in these movies. I agree. We're just, we just recently watched the... The Sea Beast or something. Oh my gosh, yes. And, I, and for anybody who's watched The Sea Beast, this is not really a spoiler, but the kid is a little shit. I understand that she ends up being the friend of the Sea Beast or whatever. Yeah. But like, before that, she is a gigantic pain in the ass. I just like could not relate. Like, yeah. I just literally was sitting there like, why are you doing this? You're just causing more issues for yeah. everyone around you. And like, this is the most selfish thing. But like, I don't agree. Like, so I've watched 
Avatar a couple times through mm-hmm. at different ages. And I do remember having this thought when I was younger, like Toph is rude. Like she doesn't like understand Katara's trying so hard, like da da da. But as I've gotten older, I've noticed that Katara is a little bit preachy. Yeah, and like a little bit um she has a huge ego and like she does put her standards on other people and Toph is just like a free spirit and she just like will follow her own rules. So Toph is a loose cannon cop that plays by her own rules. Yeah, exactly. I guess. <laughs> I guess. I guess. Uh, yeah. And I don't agree with this hot take as that Toph is a giant butthead. It's more so, yeah, she is rude and uncooperative at times. But she does show her t- appreciation for Katara eventually. It's just more of a... Sh- her arc is literally just maturity. Whereas the others are a little bit different. Where Yeah. Zuko's is kind of like redemption and his understanding of what is honor and so forth it's also like katara does not appreciate what Toph went through before she went here like understanding mm. yeah anyways azula and tylee should have been endgame oof i don't i don't agree with this i, I i'm indifferent honestly i don't really yeah this I have... is one of those things that i don't really it didn't affect my show like it if it were endgame it would not change how I feel about the show at all, yeah. basically. It'd just be like, oh, this is another... This is fine. Yeah. Fair. Katara is the worst character on the show. She bosses everyone around, throws temper tantrums if she doesn't get her way, and plays the dead mom card whenever she can. So I'm going to be terrible, and I agree with this strongly. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> the worst character? I don't agree that she's the worst character, but she is, like, super incapable of being flexible. She bosses everyone around. She throws a lot of temper tantrums, and, like, she likes things in a particular way and doesn't like it to do any other way. And I guess, like, that's fine, and I understand that on, like, a Nikki level because, you know, I'm also like that. I like things in a certain way but like you're saving the world right now like why are you worried about a water scroll and then she gets like petty when ang can like master things more the faster than she can and like he's the avatar right right like he's he's gonna fight this huge guy like that he has no odds of beating in the beginning of the season one but she's all like butthurt that he can do better than she can and then the whole bloodbending thing don't even get me started i just she is to me not one of my favorite characters um to say that she's the worst character on the show is strong so i disagree with that part she bosses everyone around i think this is necessary because honestly you need a person like this on the team and it's important because you i i I don't know how else to do to talk about this other than to talk about sports dynamics but if anybody's ever played on a team at any level or played video games on a team, whatever it is, when you form a team, if everybody is super friendly, it's it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But there's also nothing propelling you towards the goal that you originally had in mind. If that's what you want, that's fine. But the important part that Katara does play is that she kind of makes sure that they stay on track for their overall goal. So she plays that important role. She is the mom of the group despite being very annoying and naggy nagging but it's kind of necessary for that for that group specifically if there was another character that was similar to katara then it would be very annoying to have two of them basically correct yeah uh plays the dead mom card whenever she can oh i don't agree with that. i don't really agree with that one yeah it comes up and it's important to her character but i don't think it's at every single turn that seems a little dramatic 
Um, energy bending is total crap. It's too convenient for a lion turtle to save the day without any foreshadowing. Just that's just lazy writing. Hmm. And uh, lion turtle. Yeah. I cannot remember where this is. The lion turtle teaches Aang to energy bend, so oh. he takes away Ozai's firebending. Oh yeah. Um. This the lion turtle is actually foreshadowed. The, most pe- most people know this by now, but if you only watched it once through, then you probably don't. But when Aang's in the library of Wang Chitong, uh, he's in the library, he's looking around at scrolls, and he says, oh, a giant lion turtle. That is a very minor foreshadowing, and honestly, it does not really count towards the plot, in my opinion. Energy bending can be... I, I guess it's kind of a lazy thing, but at the same time, it... It gets explained better in Korra, which is unfortunate that it gets explained after the fact. Because, honestly, if it would have been a way more interesting thing if Aang really did go all the way back when he went into the Avatar state and talked to all the previous Avatars. Because he only talked to four of them. Because he ran out of time. But if he had gone all the way back and talked to Juan, the first Avatar, and then learned a little bit about energy bending, who learned it from the giant lion turtles, that would have been pretty cool. I guess they just decided not to do that because they didn't know it yet, but... I actually really enjoy that they introduced energy bending because they talk about bending in this for like three seasons. It's like the only powerful force is like bending, like mm-hmm. the four elements. And the fact that he kind of goes and finds this new skill set that doesn't like get rid of Ozai, but takes away something that makes him extremely powerful, I think was a very big message. Mm -hmm. So I don't actually agree that it was lazy writing. Um, I do wish, I do agree with you, I wish there was a longer arc of him learning energy bending. I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is like, it's been a while since I've watched it, but like, it's just like one clear, like, he like, uh, what's it called? Meditate, and then he like learns energy bending after talking to the lion turtle. I wish there was like more of like a segment to it. Yeah, the lion turtle taps him on his head and his chest, and he kind of just learns how to energy bend. Yeah. Um, I will say I think because of the nature of the way bending works in the Avatar verse, energy bending as a whole makes sense. Right. It makes sense out how, how it exists. To be completely honest, right? Because. I've always said this, that one of the things that I love about the Avatarverse and the way they they decided to do bending is that it is born out of martial arts. So you have to be physically skilled to execute the bending skills, right? Right. So it's not just it's not just Harry Potter, and I always make Harry Potter the comparison because I guess that's unfair, but Harry Potter is basically wands are basically guns, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Yeah. Your, your skill level with a wand, you can cast terrible spells. You just have to know how to cast said terrible spells, essentially. it doesn't. There's not a, a training involved. There's not a practice involved, other than the knowledge to do so, basically. Right. As far as I understand from what I gathered from reading the Harry Potter books, right? Mm-hmm. That's So they're basically walking around with guns. Okay. The Avatarverse, you train, you do the, you do the art of the martial arts. Ty Lee has already shown that you can block people's kind of chi points, right? Right. And stop them from bending temporarily. To me, then, it stands to reason that this could be permanently closed by the Avatar. Correct. I don't know exactly how. I won't claim to say that's the exact reasoning because it's very different. But the fact that your bending can be stopped due to a physical stoppage temporarily, it makes sense that there's some source that could be accessed that could be stopped, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. 
That makes sense. I'm not saying they're the same technique, mm-hmm. but I'm saying because of the existence of one, the existence of the other seems plausible. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Uh, Sokka should have been given the chance to defeat some Fire Nation soldiers with his sword. I don't know. Did he not? It's, just, it's so inconsequential. Yeah, I mean, he fought them. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't it's really, just yeah. inconsequential. The Order of the White Lotus is one of the coolest parts of the show. That's not a hot take. No, it's not. Uh, Katara should have used bloodbending more. She could have hen- ended the war way faster. Disagree. Um, so I strongly disagree about using bloodbending. That whole episode, I still remember as a kid mm-hmm. watching that episode and still getting like nightmares. There's like a... And they talk about it that... And they talk about it in Korra as well, so not to jump the gun. But bloodbending is viewed very negatively mm-hmm. in Avatar. Like something you should never ever use. And the person that actually uses it and shows Katara how to do it actually is regarded very negatively as well. So I don't think that she should have used blunt bending because the the best part of Avatar is that all the whole group keeps their moral compasses very straight and they like they are theoretically the protagonist's good not theoretically they are the good guys of the show they try mm-hmm. not to do things that are morally incorrect and and stuff like that so in, on this point it defeats the per- show for me if Katara did use blood bending because easier doesn't actually mean better always yeah um obviously you can argue about lives saved and things of that nature but that's a different argument i would say and if that's the argument you're making i think you also have to make the argument that it has to be on a full moon because katara can't do it other than a full moon until i guess she develop further develops it but that's not really the case in when she first discovers it and secondly it was always a journey of avatar versus Ozai, if Katara had done it, I don't really know if that would make sense. If it could have been done, if it could have been executed. We're like, what is yeah. the plan here? You yeah. Know what I mean? It's also like the history of it would have, bloodbending would have accelerated a lot faster and shown up in Korra a lot more too. Because if she had used it, it would have been like its own art. Yeah. I mean, it does show up in Korra though. Oh, yeah. Well, in the time. first season. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. Let's see if we can find some other ones here. Uh, Sokka and Suki needed more time as a couple. 100%. Yeah. So, oh, this this is actually in reference to The Legend of Korra, which is actually very interesting. They did Sokka and Suki dirty in The Legend of Korra. They had one of the best romance plots in the original show being set up from the first season. And then they... And they just never mention Suki at all in The Legend of Korra. How are you going to do Sokka like that? He's the best character in the Hulk. Okay. Oh, because he's not married, right? In Legend of Korra? Or like he's not... It's unclear, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I guess you could look for something like a wedding band. But if I recall correctly, he's wearing the mittens that... Uh, Someone made him. The, the Water Tribe people, they, they wear. They wear uh, mittens usually. Or wait, but Is like he? him and Toph have an issue, right? Oh, no. Uh, no, Sokka is just like the councilman for the water tribe, and Toph is the head of the military for capital city. Yeah, I guess what when you read that, I, I agree because as a kid, I was stuck on the girl from the water tribe that turned into the fish, UA, UA. Um, and I thought their romance was built up so well, mm-hmm. um, and like everything, and then unfortunately. I was still stuck on her when Suki was reintroduced. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, like, I agree. Like, I wish they had more time together in Avatar. So, like, I could start to like her. Because they, they introduced Mei so well. I was hoping they did the same to Suki, and they didn't. Hmm. Okay. Um, Roku was too nice to Sozin. I don't know if this is a hot take, to be honest. Sozin says himself, or Roku says himself when he talks to Aang, that he wishes he had the 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 Kojones to kind of end this war before it started when he saw all of the signs happening. Yeah. Um, Aang's character development in The Legend of Korra was bad. Ah, uh, yeah. Here's the thing. When you make direct sequels to things and your main character has kids, they always end up being shit fathers or parents. I don't really understand why, but that's like the easiest way for the characters to write that next generation. And that's just how it goes. And I'm not saying that's the right thing to do, but it is a very common thing because... I mean, you'll see it a lot in a lot of different anime, too. Uh, a good example that many would argue is Naruto, grows up without parents, uh, spoiler alert, becomes Hokage, probably the, arguably the greatest ninja of all time, has a kid named Boruto, and apparently is a shit father. <laughs> I mean, like, let's not forget that Aang is literally, yeah, he he beat Sozen at the age of, like... Ozai. Ozai, sorry. Mm-hmm. He beat him at the age of, like... 12 13 14 mm-hmm. and like literally had his whole entire life to be like a reliable pillar for an entire like nation a world. world yeah yeah so um let's let's not forget um that this man had a lot of pressure on him and it does not shock me that he didn't have time for his children now am i saying this is absolutely correct no I am not agreeing with this. I'm just saying that um, the way that Korra presents Aang is that Aang really, really tried hard to build a brand new future, and it seemed like that was his true goal in life, and, you know, that is what it is. Yep. Uh, Azula doesn't need a redemption arc. No, she does not. She doesn't. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. I agree with that one. I don't know that that's a hot take, though. Toph and Katara should have met up in Korra. Okay, so anybody who says anybody should have met up in Korra from the original Airbender gang, to me, I don't think that's a hot take. I think that's something everybody wanted to see. And they just, like, killed a lot of them off, like... Yeah. Yeah. I just... I don't know. I. I yeah, I think Korra struggles with that a lot, being in the shadow, the, being the avatar directly after Aang, but... You kind of get this half-in, half-out approach with a lot of the previous Avatar gang. And it's a really shit time. And I've I've voiced multiple times on this podcast how angry I get about the fact that they had Zuko get washed. Old Zuko get completely washed when he fought in The Legend of Korra, which is totally... Oh, I'm so disappointed. I don't even want to talk about it right <laughs> now. Um... I think we're going to wrap up soon. Oh, okay. Already. Wow. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're coming up on time. Oh, we are. Okay. Uh, this this is an interesting hot take. Uh, Aang is the Avatar and thus not 100% airbender. The last airbender is referring to Appa and not Aang. <laughs> Yo, but actually, I love that for me. Um, probably one of the best hot takes I've heard today. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. 
I'm, I'm fine with it. It's perfectly fine. It's a funny one for sure. Um, very excited to see what Avatar Studios does for the show. Obviously, we're big fans of the show here. It was a good time to talk about these hot takes. Mm. Podcast at gmail.com if you want to suggest us any other ideas that you would like us to discuss or hot takes you would like us to respond to because that's always fun too. Again, that's no happy endings. Podcast at gmail.com. No happiness podcast at gmail.com. Like, follow, subscribe, five stars. I don't know what you do on all these things, but Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and Podvine. Oh, I forgot. I'm supposed to record an ad today. Time for an ad? We have those? We have those. We do not have those. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to put this ad at the end of the episode because I forgot to do it during the episode. So hopefully, now, nah, you know what? It's going to be disrespectful. For me to put the ad at the end of the episode. We can just move it to the front. I'll do something with it later. Oh, no. Yeah. Do it now. I'm very excited. No, it's okay. Wow. You just like, you're going to go, you're going to go like that? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. An ad was paid for, if anybody's wondering. Uh, okay. Bye.